the sense of uh, optimism uh, that, that, the, that the people here have. And if they're really depressed, they're probably going to be good. And if they're really excited, uh, I think that there's a little bit of insecurity showing through. So good thing I have this intro part written down and there's going to be shit out of You got that here. down, man. You got it down. Whew. Hi, this is Jerry Kramer and you're listening to The Sweep. Oh, I have sizzle. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. It gets the people going. All right, here we go, fella. Let's have a little fun today. What is going on, Packer Nation? We are back for our third season of The Sweep, which is merely just chump change to the 100th season we are celebrating this year with the Green Bay Packers. I cannot wait to get it started, and even more so, I cannot wait for the incredible guests we have on tonight's show. But before we get to them, I want to give a quick shout out to our two sponsors, The Ground Round and Nina, and of course, Pride and Glory Clothing Company. The Ground Round and Nina has been our faithful sponsor since day one and is the place to go in the Fox Valley for any sporting events. Over 21 TVs fixed on Wisconsin sports. You mix that in with some incredible food, some amazing drinks, some awesome giveaways, it's the place to be. Make sure you check them out or have them even delivered to you on game day. But if I were you, I'd be making the trip to Nina. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, or thegroundroundnina.com. And of course, our other sponsor, Pride and Glory Clothing Company, who has resurrected from the dead and is back in the game. The left guard shirt, an homage to the restaurants of the 70s owned by Fuzzy Thurston, and the Sweep 2.0, which depicts the infamous play of Lombardi's Packers, are both back in stock. Make sure you check them out and be on the lookout for new shirt designs coming out during the season. And also, you can check them out at Twitter at LG63Collection, and also on Facebook. That is the place to go for all of the game day giveaways. Alright now, let's get this thing started. Tonight's show, we are joined by two fantastic guests and Packer fans who are stuck in the Windy City. First, we will be joined by Ryan Glashspiegel, who is a University of Wisconsin graduate who writes for TheBigLeague.com and is a regular guest on the Sports Feed with Jared Payton on CLTV in Chicago. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, Fred. Really appreciate it. Always, always. Well, we are here. We are about to embark on the 100th season of the Green Bay Packers. And it seems as though the rivalry between the backpack Bears and Packers has, I guess you could say once again, been renewed. Uh, Sunday will mark game number 197 in the NFL's oldest rivalry. The Packers hold a slight edge of 96 to 94 uh, with two playoff games being included in there. And the Packers have won eight of the last 10 meetings against the Bears at Lambeau Field, including the 35 to 14 victory last season. This year, though, things seem a little different. It, it, it appears as if there's a change. Rodgers is coming off an injury uh, with a new offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and some new personnel around him. Chicago, on the other hand, a new big signing to bolster that already top-notch defense, and a young quarterback set to make a name in the NFL. The league seems to be changing. 
can Chicago win doing what they've done best, like in 85 and 07, and win with a subpar quarterback like McMahon and Grossman and a stellar defense? Maybe they could, but really all of their moves, Fred, are it's a big bet on Mitch Trubisky being at least pretty good because they sacrificed a lot to get him just to trade up a pick last year. They, they traded a couple third-round picks, and then when they went out and got Khalil Mack, they traded their first-round picks for the next two seasons. Now they're getting a second back from Oakland, but between trading those picks and paying him all of those tens of millions of dollars that they are, they are removing their insurance mechanisms in case maybe Mitch Trubisky isn't that good. But they got a bunch of pieces around him where, look, they went and got Matt Nagy, who's supposed to be an offensive guru off of Andy Reid's staff. They um, paid Allen Robinson, the former Jaguars receiver. He's a former pro bowler. Um, Anthony Miller, they took him in the second round. He's a receiver out of Memphis. It sounds like they like him. They've got Jordan Howard in the backfield. They have Tariq Cohen and Taylor Gabriel as kind of gadget people who could possibly be like Tyreek Hill was for the Chiefs. So there really aren't any excuses at this point if Trubisky isn't good. But does he need to really be good or can he just be okay? I mean, you look at the last year's playoffs, you have Blake Bortles leading uh, Jaguars with a stellar defense and some, t- some nice weapons. Uh, Vikings with Keenum, some great weapons, great defense. Uh, Philly with Foles, I know he was a Super Bowl MVP, but let's be honest, I don't think anyone really thought that was going to happen. Um, but again, great defense and some good weapons. From afar here, I'm looking at Chicago and I'm saying that's like the same formula that these other four teams or three teams had put together. I mean, Chicago's defense looks great. There's a lot of young. There's a lot of maybe what ifs, but there is enough proven talent to make Trubisky just do the bare minimum. Trubisky might not have to win games. He just has to manage them. We've heard that a million times. Can he just do that? Is there any, like, better um, backhanded compliment for a quarterback <laughs> than a manager? <laughs> I, the, yeah. the two classic ones are um, Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson. Everyone's like, oh, well, Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl with the Bucks. Dilfer won one with the Ravens. Uh, yeah, look, their, their defense, if healthy, is definitely going to be imposing. If you look at the Bears' linebacking core, that includes Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, who, when he was at Georgia, he was one of those players where he was just always on the ball, wherever the ball was. It almost seemed like he was two people. And they, they, picked, they spent a first-round pick on him. There was a little bit of concern with, them, with the holdout, but all seems to be fine at this juncture. And then Leonard Floyd, who, when healthy, is a force, but he's missed 10 games over the last two years. And then they've also got Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman on their defensive line. So, yeah, if you look at the Bears' front seven, they are definitely imposing. Their cornerbacks are not quite – like their secondary isn't quite – as good as, say, like the Jaguars were last year. They don't have anybody in the secondary who's anything like Jalen Ramsey. Like, I think the the Jaguars are almost built a little bit like 
the Seahawks were, where they just have a really stout secondary. But to your point, yeah, they, they definitely, from a 2 to 53 on the roster, they look like they're just about as good as anybody in the league. So, it, but I don't know if Trubisky is a game-managing type of quarterback because he, he only averaged about six yards per attempt in his games last year. So he's got to be a lot better than that, even to be considered a game-manager. Is it enough to beat Green Bay? You know, I don't know what's enough. I think by getting Mac, they're almost in win-now mode. We saw with the aforementioned Seahawks and then with what the Rams are trying to do where when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract, you go out and add all of these great pieces around him and try to compete for a Super Bowl right now. And so – I don't know that the Bears are at that level. And I don't think that just beating the Packers is enough given the extent to which that they've mortgaged their future around what they've got at this point. You bring up a good point. Uh, We've seen it with Seattle. Uh, The Rams are doing it right now. Uh, Looks like the Bears are doing it. And I've kind of brought this up. and, And when I ask it, people kind of look at me like I'm crazy but it's, it's a question I want to ask you in that if you're a GM, are you more focused on putting money everywhere else and, and looking for just that rookie game managing subpar decent quarterback and being able to spread the money or would you rather have the elite in, in Aaron Rodgers? Because we're kind of in that conundrum in Green Bay where we have arguably the greatest of all time but we aren't really able to make a ton of other moves. Whereas a team like Chicago, a team like Houston with Watson, a team like uh, the Rams with golf have much more expendability because of the fact that they have these guys for four years and, and bare minimum money. Well, you only have a four year window with that with Rogers. If he is very good for another four to five years, then you're going to have had a window of Super Bowl competition that extended for a decade and a half. And so, I look, I think you're not crazy to ask that question, but I would still rather have an elite quarterback than, say, the um, Seahawks or Rams model. Because look at what the Seahawks what, – look what happened with them now. They missed the playoffs. They combusted all of their um, – like that. Cam Chancellor retired. Richard Sherman is gone. There are a lot of questions about like th- how their locker room combustibility was the case the last couple years, and now they have to start over because they had to p- finally pay Russell Wilson. So um, to answer your question, I think I'd rather have Rodgers, but if you don't have one of these top three or four quarterbacks and you're having to decide whether to pay, like, Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins or Joe Flacco almost as much as Aaron Rodgers makes, then I think that the rookie quarterback model is more ideal. Okay. I, I agree with it. I think, I think you made a good point in saying that I, you know, you'd much rather have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers that gives you a 10 year window instead of the three year window. Um, you look at teams like Minnesota, they're built to win potentially now, but they're going to face a, a tough road in a couple of years. Same with Chicago. 
with well, everything. The Vikings, they, they, that, they did an interesting thing where they're paying Kirk Cousins a lot of money, but they're not married to him for a very long time. Yes. Like they signed him to a three-year deal, and maybe he, they're going to have to pay him again at that point. But their long-term flexibility, I guess like three years in the NFL is the long-term, but it's not the type of window that Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or – other people of that caliber have had with their teams. Is the NFC North the toughest division in NFL? Hmm. I got to think about that. The NFC South is pretty um, stout with, with the, the Falcons, Saints, and Panthers are all pretty good. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be any good, but that's three of four teams that are pretty solid contenders. Um We'll have to see what happens with Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson returning from injuries because the AFC South could be sneaky good with the the Jaguars that we've talked about having a really strong defense. Um, The Texans and Colts, if if they've got Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck playing at the level that they played before they got hurt, then I think that that could – with Marcus Mariota in Tennessee, who's um, been pretty good – that that could be um, sneakily the toughest division in football. Yeah, so it that's kind of a cop-out answer where we're going to have to wait and see. But I guess based on expected value, I'd agree with you that right now the NFC North does look the toughest. Yeah, I will agree with you on the AFC South too. I think that the Tennessee Titans have put together a really great roster, um, and they've done it a little differently and, and mostly with draft and not having to shell out a ton of money. So um, they're a team that I'm definitely keeping an eye on. Let's quick just touch. I know we kind of already talked about it with the Mac signing uh, on Twitter, on the universe out there, Chicago went crazy. Um, and the funny thing that I noticed when I, when I go on Twitter and I, I find all these guys from Chicago is that every time they talk about something that they've done good or, or that's happened good for them, it always comes back to Green Bay. Well, Green Bay is probably going to be really mad. Well, you know, it's like that, that ex-girlfriend that they just can't stop pushing it in our face. Is, is that rivalry back now? I mean, we've, we've kind of had a – it's been a long time, I, you know, almost 10 years since Chicago's really been there. Uh, Minnesota has seemed to kind of take that threshold from Chicago, and, and Minnesota and the Green Bay Packers have been more of a rivalry. Chicago back? Are we going to see this black and blue rivalry for the next five, six years and and, and let it build up? Even though the Bears haven't been like huge contenders for the last 10 years, I think it's still been a pretty big rivalry because there are a few moments that I can point to. First, um, they they injured Rodgers. It was a big deal when they like pile drove Devontae Adams last year. It was a big deal when Aaron Rodgers hit Randall Cobb for a long touchdown on fourth down to put the Packers in the playoffs and knock the Bears out of it a few years ago. And it was a big deal, frankly, when the the Bears spoiled um, Brett Favre and Bart Starr's return to Lambeau a couple seasons ago on Thanksgiving in the rain. So I don't know, even, even if – the Packers certainly have had a lot more success in aggregate. I've still felt a lot of the, um, the intensity of the rivalry in that period. 
Yeah, definitely hasn't faded in recent. Um, them coming in and beating us with Favre and Rod or Favre and Star, sorry, uh, hurt. I mean, we didn't think that was going to happen, but it it played out into this this cinematic point with the rain and them coming back and Chicago beating us. I don't think anyone thought it. Um, the Packers had a chance to win that game yep. late. And they didn't, and that really stung because that was a long car ride back to Illinois after that happened. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one to swallow. It, they ruined our parade big time. They rained on our parade, literally. Um, they, and, they and the clouds rained on the parade. Yes, Mother Nature came in and slapped us right in the face. Um, all right, well, I mentioned you being from Chicago, but you are a Green Bay Packer fan covering the Bears, so – God have mercy on your soul on that part. But what do you think happens on Sunday? We got the hundredth season kicking off no better than to play the bears Sunday night football. All of it's going to be happening. Who wins? What happens? You don't have to tell me who wins. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to put you on the spot necessarily, but well, if you want to, fine. I think Packers by a field goal. So I think it's a closer game than maybe the spread, which is a touchdown at this point is projecting. But I think that the, um, the, the Packers eke it out in the end. Just an eke out, huh? Just an eke out. You know what, though? <laughs> an eke out and a resounding victory count the same in the standings. Amen. Absolutely. At the end of the year, we're going to look at it and see a W. We're not going to see three points or an eke out. Um, all right, Ryan, let us know where we can find you on all the good social media pages. Um. Twitter at Sports Rapport, Sports, R-A-P-P-O-R-T. And check out my podcast on iTunes. It's the Glass Half Empty podcast. I've had a lot of good guests, uh, relevant ones to Wisconsin, include A.J. Hawk, Andy North, Bo Ryan, um, and some more. So check that out. And thanks again, Fred, for having me. I really appreciate it. You're killing it, man. It's always a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Fred. Still suck. Our second guest is a longtime Packer fan and friend who was also stuck behind enemy lines, a guy I graduated with, shared the gridiron with for many years, and who has an opinion I value enough to be here on this show. Cameron Gilbert, welcome to the sweep. How is life? Fred, thank you for having me. It's a it's a true honor to be here. And uh life is good down here. I'm just excited uh, you know, for another another Packers Super Bowl season. And uh, and uh, things in Bears country are are a little bit crazy right now, and everyone's going a little bit nuts over uh, Khalil Mack, and uh, they're just crazy optimism in the air here. So I've seen we'll, it. We'll I've see seen what on, happens. I've seen it on Twitter. I've been on Twitter, and it seems like all of these Bears fans who have just been kind of half behind bushes are all of a sudden out front jumping talking tons of smack. Everyone's so convinced it's going to happen. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's a great signing. We'll get into it in just a minute. Um, but I want to first start off with some things that we talked about recently. Um, you had brought up that you have some thoughts, opinions on the Chicago Bears team regarding what GM Ryan Pace has done. Um, are the Bears built through him to be a contender right now or in three years, or has he mortgaged too much of their future to, to do anything? Well, I think I think their ideal scenario uh, is 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 they have a they have a window right now, and that's that's because they've got now one of the uh, most dominant defensive players uh, to have ever played, and uh, they've got a quarterback that they believe in, and it, and that's what it comes down to is uh, it's all about Mitch Trubisky. 
um, you know, he's got such limited experience both in college and last year in a very limited offense uh, and only limited playing time. Uh, but uh, they're pretty much, you know, you look at the signings that they made. Uh, they drafted uh, this receiver pretty high, Miller, in the slot. And uh, they're hoping Kevin White's legs are going to stay unbroken for a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, they're, they're looking to spread the ball out. And um, that's, uh, that's, what they're, that's what they're trying to do. That's what they're built to do. And it all depends on if, if that offense is, is well-designed and if Mitch Trubisky can ex- execute it. You brought up Kevin White, and I wanted to kind of get your, your take on him as well because, you know, he, he's just been a train wreck. Uh, three straight years, injured, put on IR, uh, has never really gotten much of an opportunity to play but he was drafted awfully high. Um, someone that they, they had a lot of faith in becoming the next big receiver for them in, in, in the Chicago Bears organization. Like I said, hasn't had a chance. Is that a sleeper guy that we should be concerned about? Or is he just doomed for, for that unfortunate life? No, injury? no he's not. I mean, I mean, you look at what they had last year. Um, I mean, they traded for Inman, who is the Chargers' fifth or sixth receiver, and he immediately became their number one. And I, I think Allen Robinson, I believe in Allen Robinson. I think he's going to be, uh, you know, like a top 15, top 20 receiver um, if, if, if Trubisky is, is what they think he is. Um, and uh, I, I think they're really going to try and spread it around. I think they, they brought in Trey Burton for a reason. I think uh, they really like Tariq Cohen. Uh, despite his size and uh, they're kind of, I mean, I think Jordan Howard's not going to get as much work this year because he's more of a bruiser and I think they want to throw the ball around more. And uh, I mean, I really like the way he's built the defense. I I mean, I got to say that front seven is impressive, Um, but you look at some of his high picks, you look at Floyd, uh, Floyd on the defense, uh, look at Roquan Smith just with the holdout. And I don't think he's going to be as dominant as people think he's going to be. Uh, but uh, all his first round picks, I think, are a little bit shaky, which is which is why I mean, even the Trubisky pick, we don't know. So so I think Ryan Pace is a little bit of afraid of the draft. And uh, I think you can kind of see it in the roster construction and how they're paying free agents. Um, and I think uh, and how they're I mean, how they're dealing with Khalil Mack. I mean, they they they, they really did mortgage a lot of their future because uh, I don't think they believe in what they can build through the draft. Well, with Roquan Smith, you know, he got a ton of hype towards the end of that, the draft process there going into it. And he just, he practically rolls to be one of the, the most sought after guys, him going to Chicago, just it put, it did make me sit well. Uh, the last thing you want to see is another, another great linebacker go to Chicago. Um, and then obviously Cleo Mack just broke my heart. I think though with Roquan Smith, he doesn't have to be as good as we thought um, in the sense of, He's not the only guy. He's not the one guy on that, that linebacking court that has to lead. Uh, he now has Mac who can lead, and he can follow with Floyd. And, I mean, Floyd, Roquan, Trevathion, and Cleo Mack is terrifying. Uh, to me, at least, yeah. I think it's, it's, a, it's an old-school Bears Hicks text. Got, yes. Hakeem Hicks got eight or nine sacks last year, too. Yeah, and then you throw in Eddie Goldman. I mean, it's, the front seven is terrifying. The, the back end I'm not as, as nervous about. But, you know, as, as we know in Green Bay more than anything, without a front seven, it doesn't really matter. Um, they have to make – they have to set the pace on that defense of the, the whole defense, basically. Your corners can't do – can't cover for 13 minutes, and they sure can't cover against Aaron Rodgers. 
Um, I'm interested though, you know, to see how that all plans out. You know, I kind of brought up to our previous guest, uh, Ryan, that the Bears have kind of entered into that same role as, as the, the Rams and the Seahawks of before and kind of putting everything into what they have right now. Um, they have a, a, a decent quarterback that they have for another couple of years. So they're going to splurge, uh, much like the Rams right. did with Goff. Is that the right way to approach the NFL now? Or, or is it still better to keep that elite quarterback and maybe not have the ability to sign everybody else, but at least you have that one guy that you can count on? Or is it better? I mean, we saw it in this, just this last year in the, in the playoffs. You look at the Jaguars, the Vikings, and the Eagles, all subpar quarterbacks, all stellar defenses, all in a divisional round of the playoffs. Is yeah, it you, I mean, you look at the quarterback. Have Brady, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm looking at. Right, right. With the exception of Brady, all those quarterbacks in those championship games, uh, you, you, you wouldn't even say our starter level at that, no. at that point in the season. Um, and I think, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty telling. Um, I think the, the way the league is changing, and I think, I think even with like this helmet rule now, uh, I, I think it's, it's just, it's kind of hard to get ahead of those trends and see what's going to work. Um, I think like with, uh, you know, like the super team, the Vince Young, uh, Michael Vick Eagles, and that, that kind of roster composition where you're getting all these really great athletes on, 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 on good deals, uh, didn't work, but then you saw what they did last year and they, they got Alshon Jeffrey. And I think, uh, that was a Kevin White bet that failed. Um, but, uh, Alshon, I think helped Foles get through those playoffs more than any other player on that offense. It's got to be a combination. I think you have to kind of have a little bit of both. I, I think you, you still want to take someone like Rogers and then bring in a guy like Graham and hope that that's where you go. Um, it's just interesting. I think you see the league changing. I think you see kind of that, that aspect of, of what you want to do and kind of have that, rookie quarterback contract and then build around them. The thing that is interesting with it is this is classic Bears Super Bowl level type team. This is your McMahon with a stellar defense and a decent offense. This is your Rex Grossman with a stellar defense and a decent offense. Is this what the Bears what is it is it the is it that <laughs> is it that what it looks like you know is it what it looks yeah. like i guess that's 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 the question about the bears and like yeah they have all the pieces but are they like you know are they for the right puzzle um i, I think like uh it, it could be like the poor man's version of of like that team and um and you know there's 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 so much to say about scheme and about your coach and about uh like i think uh McVay and uh, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan are two of the biggest geniuses in football. I think they, they do wonders with, uh, with subpar, with subpar offenses and subpar talent. Um, you know, I, I, I don't put Mike McCarthy in that category, but I put Aaron Rodgers as a coach on the field, you know, and he's so much more valuable than 30 million a year or whatever he's getting paid now. Like I, I, I think it's, it's uh there's so much to say for him. And, and you're, I don't think you're going to see another quarterback uh, like that again. I think uh, maybe eventually with like some really, really genius coaching and, and like a long-term development plan, like maybe Jimmy G is like the last, the last of that line. 
But uh, you look at all these young guys and, and their offenses that they're running are, are predicated on RPOs. They're predicated on play action. Um, it's short passes. It's high efficiency passes. And uh, yeah, I was, I was talking to you about this earlier. The, my theory on that is that the, the CBA has just changed the way that these teams have to practice. Like they don't get enough time on the field that they can't really install high level, like timing based offenses. Um, you see even like the Andy Reid coaching guys, the, the Nagy's, the Nagy's of the world, um, just really going towards that more high efficiency, snappy, uh, fast paced, get the ball out of your quarterback's hands immediately and maybe make him, make him read only half the field or a third of the field or something. And, uh, that's, that's kind of like, you kind of like manufacture efficiency and you manufacture development that way. And, uh, I don't know if you can find the sort of, uh, improvisational skills that you see with, uh, Russell Wilson or, or, or with, with Aaron, uh, the kind of magic that, uh, really sets them apart from pretty much every other quarterback that has ever played. It's crazy. It's, it's beyond anything I've ever seen. And I love watching it. I talk to people a lot. Um, and you know, you get a lot of people in, in Green Bay and Wisconsin and just in Packer Nation in general who like to continuously complain that, oh, well, we're not going to get another a third Hall of Fame quarterback. Very possible. Uh, very possible it's not going to happen. But we, are, but it's also, we are the most blessed, I mean, in our <laughs> lifetime. Yeah. Right? It, uh, Mag- Magic Man was our, was, is, is like the worst quarterback we've seen, and he wasn't bad. He was good. No. Like, we we're, were so blessed. And that was, we were babies. Yep. So, I mean. I tell people all the time uh, yeah. that when I started watching football, I mean, genuinely watching football and understanding the game a lot more was basically right when Favre took over. Um, and so I saw greatness right, in the game, right. and I'm still seeing it. Yeah. And there will be a point where we don't see it. But my thing is, is here is that there's a very good chance that we're not going to get a third hall of famer, but there is a very good chance that we could also. Um, and it's going to be hard because no matter what his bar will always be set to Aaron's. And I think it's an unreachable, bar to have um but there's a very good chance that we have we draft somebody or we get somebody after aaron leaves who is just as good as alex smith or maybe a kirk cousins you know we might not need somebody oh, yeah. so elite but our team might do stuff um i, I think it's, it's all about crazy. patient it's, it's all about patient roster construction and i, yes. I think like the best parts of the ron wolf years um, and, and really the best part of like the Packers legacy has been just, just being very patient. You understand you're in a small market, you want to draft and develop. Um, we, we, I mean, we pretty much just create, uh, offensive linemen for the rest of the league, uh, for the second <laughs> half of their careers. Cause we don't retain them. But, um, yeah, I don't, I mean, uh, there's, there's stuff you could say about the coaching. I mean, there's obviously like sort of like trends that are bad too, like the, the sort of rash of injuries and particularly like neck injuries and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's just kind of, uh, the, the Packers identity. And I think you just have to kind of, uh, appreciate that. And you hope that everybody who is sort of handed the reins in the next generation or whatnot appreciates that as well. Um, cause that's how you build like a, a really like a small market legacy team. Cause I mean, we are America's team and I think we travel better than anybody. Uh, maybe the Steelers travel as well. Um, but they have so many bandwagon fans. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just, it's just a kind of, a, it's a, it's amazing uh, what, what, what they've been able to do. Um, I do feel like it's, it's not unfair to say, Hey, you're wasting this window. 
and to demand more. Because I think if you had if you had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Chicago, uh, you would not see the patience that that I mean, like not that they've ever given a quarterback time to develop here before he's run out of town, but um, it, it just kind of like the, the 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 patience, the pressure from the city gave, is very very Jay real. They gave Cutler a long time. Yeah, yeah, but that's I mean, one difference. But I hear what you're saying. I mean, it is it is different. And but the thing is, is that the patience in Wisconsin is wearing thin and and I'm one that is not like that. I I'm a Ted Thompson fan. I'm all about patience and, and letting the, the roster play itself out, but you're starting to see a lot of people get a little antsy, uh, if you will, about what's going to happen. And, and do you think that if, if it's a one and done playoff year, does McCarthy go? I think so. I, I think, I mean, I think there's a chance that I mean, just the way the NFC is set up, uh, there's a chance we don't make the playoffs. And I think uh, in those worst case scenarios, I think you have to, yeah, you have to look at the top because if you can't win right now with what you've done and you you felt good about what you got, you gave, you, you got Jimmy Graham, who I think is going to have a great season. Um, like if you can't win with that, I think there's, there's something wrong with, with how you're running things. How do you, and, bring, uh, how do you bring in a coach? So say, let's say McCarthy leaves. How do you bring in a coach and allow him to, and it's going to be hard for me to word here, but allow him to coach someone like Aaron Rodgers, who, like you said, is basically the coach on the field. I mean, you have to bring in someone that's going to understand that Rodgers has been here. This is kind of how Rodgers runs things. I mean, you can't have some guy come in and go, all right, Aaron, you sit down. I'm telling you how this is going to be. That's not going to work. It's just we've gotten to that point where Rodgers has become so godly um, similar to how Favre was at one point, how do you bring in a new coach in those types of situations? Well, well, so so my favorite offseason move that the Packers made was was hiring Mike Patton, and I think he is a defensive genius, and I really have a lot of faith in what he's going to be able to do with with what I think is a lot of questionable talent, um, and I think we're going to see great things from uh, our D line as well. But um, I I really think it, it like you look at at how they do it. And you look at like these teams with defensive minded coaches. So you look at sort of uh, teams that tried with the offensive coach and couldn't get it done. Uh, like the mm-hmm. Falcons or the, the Bengals. Um, they don't have Aaron Rodgers. You know, Matt Ryan isn't Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and, and, and you look at somebody like Bill Belichick, man, that's what I'm saying is Aaron Rodgers can run this offense on himself. I mean, Sean Payton, I think is even more defensive minded than we give him credit for. Um, Mike McCarthy is supposed to be this offensive genius, and I just don't see it. I don't see, uh, I don't see very compelling play calling. I don't see very good game management. And, and I think the worst thing of all is he, he can't play with a lead. And when you have Aaron Rodgers and you're, you're giving up 40 points in playoff games, you know, I mean, you've, the, the fact that Aaron Rodgers has like a, a good playoff record is insane, the, considering how many points they give up in the playoffs. But uh, it's, so much of that doesn't fall on the defense. It's just, it's on game management. It's on using timeouts and making halftime adjustments. And that's stuff that I, I think Mike McCarthy doesn't do very well. And um, you can kind of lean back on talent. And you saw what happened last year when Brett Hundley came in. And uh, I mean, I think Deshaun Kaiser is, is a lot better and has more potential than Brett Hundley. And uh, I think, I mean, even his college coaches said he needed a couple of years to develop. So I have, I think that was a good move too. But um I mean, you know, bring somebody in who coaches the rest of the team. I don't, I, you don't need to coach. You don't need a quarterback genius. You don't need Kyle Shanahan to come in here and tell Aaron Rodgers what to do. 
um, I think you can kind of just do what you're good at and then let everybody else take care of the things that you're not good at, like make your weaknesses into strengths. So a lot of teams out there are looking for a quarterback who's a game manager. We'd be looking for a coach who's a game manager. That's kind of crazy. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think you want, you want kind of a motivator. Um, I, I mean, have you watched uh, the season of hard knocks at all? I have not. No. So it's, it's just, it's really, it's compelling because Hugh Jackson kind of when he was with the Raiders and stuff had this idea. And then when he was with the Bengals, everyone thought he was like a quarterback guru. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, I don't know, you see this weird motivating aspect to him, but then they went out and hired Todd Haley and Greg Williams, who are both, you know, very difficult personalities to work with who have both been head coaches before. So uh, the sort of the tension between them is really interesting. And I think that sort of management, just like the sort of organizational stuff, um, it's, it's so important. I think that's why the Packers are so important about who they bring in because it's such a small you know, it's a small town, it's a small market, and uh, it's a small boardroom, uh, people making decisions up there. And, um, and, 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 that, and in a way, that makes you too conservative. And I think in something like the Mac trade, it's not only that you lost out on a, a really great defensive player, it's that it's not zero sum. He went to your biggest rival. And, and when those types of moves happen, um, like even like Shea McClellan, like when we were rumored to want to draft him, and then the the bears got him when that kind of stuff happens. Um, it's, it feels a little bit like a punch in the gut. Like you're not doing anything to fight against that. So, I, I mean, that type of stuff, I think it's really about a delicate balance. And, uh, I think, I think in general, the Packers fan base understands that. And, uh, we move a little bit slower than maybe we should, but, uh, we also don't, I don't think we've ever had like a true, uh, rebuild while we've had either one of these guys at quarterback. Is the NFC North the best division in football? Oh man, that's a good question. <laughs> I think, I, I think, I mean, I think there's a lot of parity here. So when when the Mac trade came in, I was I was kind of going through wins and losses, and uh, I mean, he maybe gives you one or two more games, possibly outside the division. Um, but does that get you past the Lions? Does that get you, you know, uh, and 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 with Rogers back, like? And I don't, I don't really believe in cousins. So what's going to happen there? Um, it's, it's tough. Cause I think you've got the best quarterback in the world is in the NFC North. I think the best defense that maybe I've seen in the past few years, I mean, the Vikings had five pro bowlers on their defense last year. I, they there's guys you more. don't know their names. Yeah. Yeah. They could have had more. There's guys you don't know their names who are, who are studs. And uh, I mean, talk about roster construction there. I mean, that's a yeah. little bit scary. Yep. But again, everybody's chasing, everybody's chasing. I mean, they're trading everything for the chance at an Aaron Rodgers, And um, so that's, that's our privilege right now. So uh, I think we're still ahead of the game there. Um, I don't know, man. I really like, I like the AFC South this year. Um, yep. And I really, I like the, uh, the, um, the NFC West also. I, I mean, I think uh, the Rams, that's another team where I think there's, there's no pressure there because they have no fan base. Um, <laughs> And I, I heard somebody predicted a Chargers Rams Super Bowl, which would be insane. The would, LA, would, LA Derby. Back. Yeah, it'd be crazy. Oh um, yeah, you see yeah. so many new fans come out of the woodwork. Um, how does the NFC North shake out at the end of the year? Um, I think the Packers are a playoff team. I don't think we win the division. So I've got I've got Vikings Packers. 
Bears, Lions. And I might change my mind on the Lions depending on how they do tomorrow because I, I, uh, I think they've got some stuff going on too. I like that team. See, the Bears and Lions, I feel, I feel like the Bears have a little bit more. Maybe that's just because I like the names on the roster sheet. Um, I'm a but huge think, Matt Stafford Matt, fan. I yeah, think I think Matt Patricia, Pat, Matt Patricia beats Bill Nagy every time. Like, uh, True. He's, he's, I think he's going to do some stuff that it scares me now. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm just afraid of Rodgers getting hurt. I'm afraid of, of how we're going to scheme the blocking now that we have kind of uh, – primarily all pass catching tight ends and we don't have an H back. Like it's going to be a lot. We're going to have to do a lot of stuff with halfbacks and, and maybe with Spriggs and extra alignment or something. I don't know. Yeah. Lewis is uh, a huge blocker, uh, a great blocker. I think that's why they brought him in is to kind of help out on that right side. Um, in the yeah. preseason, I kind of focused a little bit on the running backs and seeing who could pick up a block the best. Uh, surprisingly, Montgomery looked fantastic, uh, really well at picking up blocks, making good motion. Uh, I was, I was surprised. Um, just because he's he works hard, probably, man. Yeah. probably one of the littler guys, but yeah, he's a hell of a worker. Um, I think he'll end up kind of falling into that third down back, which I think helps with blocking and also with scheme. Um, who do you line him up to put him in motion, scare the rest of the defense out? Um, right. It's going to be tough. I, I think there's a lot of question in the NFC North, but when you look at it on paper, it's exciting. You know, like you said, Minnesota's defense is incredible. Can Kirk Cousins, is he going to be just Kirk Cousins or is he going to take a step and be a little bit better? I sure hope not. Um, I love the Lions. I love, I don't love the Lions. I'm, I'm sorry. I love Stafford. I think Stafford is incredible talent. I think he's the kind of guy, yeah. um, like a Barry Sanders, obviously not nearly as good, but a guy that so much talent stuck on such a mediocre team that never can quite cross that barrier of being good. Um, they're always just kind of, eh, well, who do, who's that? Who's on that team? Yeah. Um, they've had a, a when Calvin, running when Calvin Johnson retired. It was when over. Calvin Johnson retired. I said, what took you so long? Yeah. And it's just, but, yeah. it's so unfortunate. You know, I, I talk about, uh, you know, you look at that Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, you're talking about two of some of the greats, uh, never of even all time. Yeah. To, to get anywhere in a playoff game. But I always compare it to, um, the Vikings and Randy Moss being arguably the best receiver of all time. And Adrian Peterson, I think who's one of the best running backs of all time. And they've never, they have nothing to show for it. Um, and that's a, that's a tough, tough thing. So we're over here sitting, you know, and saying, well, we've had two of the greatest quarterbacks, only two Super Bowls, three appearances. Um, you know, we're still beating out on them. Uh, let's get to this week's game. Uh, tomorrow's game, Hunter season, Sunday night, Bears come to Lambeau. It's all happening. Alumni's in town. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a cinematic fest. Uh, what do you think happens? How do you see the game playing out? Well, here's, here's like another a little uh, gambler statistician, like sneaky play thing that I've been thinking about too. <laughs> all right. Aaron Rodgers has started following all of these podcasters and journalists. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, little, I'm a little bit worried about where his head's at. Has he followed uh, the sweep? Not, you know, if he's followed the sweep. <laughs> I'm sure you would have, uh, you have an alert set up for that with bells and whistles. <laughs> My computer would just explode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that's my, and, 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 you know, we'll see how Danica does, what Danica's plus minus is. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think we have a really good chance to start three and zero. 
I think, uh, I mean, the Vikings want to play in Lambeau in week two, but, uh, I don't know if they're going to gel that quickly. And, uh, I mean, Rogers, like he does own that defense, even though, even for how good they are, uh, I mean, they have to hurt him to, to stop him. But, um, yeah, I think we got a, I think we got a good chance to start three and here. I think, uh, we come out of the gate firing, um, and unlike, I think, like, generally defenses kind of come out and they, they have less to learn and they're kind of responding and, and they look better early, I mm-hmm. think I, I don't think we should panic if, uh, if our secondary looks very sloppy. Um, I, I really trust Patton, and I think it'll take maybe a little bit of time to gel. Um, and as long as they, you know, as long as they bend but not break uh, or, or just create turnovers, um, which I really like these new corners. I, lo- I love these, uh, these rookies we got. I think both of those guys are peanut Tillman, uh, acolytes, they just, they just ball hawks. They love getting the ball out of people's hands. And, uh, I, I, am excited about that. I'm glad that they get to go against Trubisky, uh, to go off, start off their first year. Um, yeah, as, as for the, the two corners, when we drafted Jair, I wasn't as excited about it. Um, super excited about Josh Jackson. Love him. Old soul, just your classic corner. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. watching the preseason, you know, interceptions aside, I think the Packers defense needs someone like Jair Alexander to kind of yeah. be that shit talking, you know, route, route, ride him up, get him going. Attitude. We don't yeah. have attitude. Um, you know, Mike Daniels has an, an attitude, but he, he hones it in on one thing and he doesn't spread it along the, the rest of the team. And I think that's a huge thing. Um, right. Petten is the best addition we've gotten all off, off season. Um, oh, absolutely. He's going to bring a fire. And I think, it's in a very underestimated defense. I think he will revive Clay Matthews' career um, for the one year that he's here. And I think that front seven is going gonna, is gonna to do more damage than what we think. Um, I love the fact, like I said, that they go against Trubisky. I think that gives them a little bit of a confidence boost to, sh- to start off the season, uh, which right. I, I, you've played football, I've played football. Confidence is a huge deal. Um, there's obviously oh, talent and all that stuff, but when you're riding high, you're riding high. Uh, and I think that going into – to the Vikings game is huge. And I think you have Aaron Rodgers, who has a extreme chip ready to just smash over the Vikings. And I oh, yeah. am excited to watch it. I think he's going to go in there and just, and he might make mistakes. He might make mistakes because he try, he's going to try so hard to stick it to him. Uh, but I think in the end, he, he makes them look foolish and it's, people yeah. question that team. Um, but yeah, well, I, I think, think they might start. Oh, and oh, and two man. I think the, I think the Niners might upset him. Right, and that's crazy. Name three. I name four people on the Niners. Games. Name <laughs> four people on the Niners be- besides Garoppolo. Uh, Richard Sherman, uh, that that one running back I drafted in the seventh round in fantasy. Um, <laughs> Beta or whatever his name is. Pierre Garcon. They got Garcon still. Do they? Okay. See. Well, that, that's that's what I mean. Like that team is so under the radar confusing, but I love what John Lynch is doing. I think that he's a, you know, yeah. that was a weird, weird hire for everybody. Everyone was kind of like, what the heck? But I think he's he, smart though. He's made smart moves. He's very smart. I think he's studied the league and I think he's kind of understanding the way it's going. Um, and by bringing in Garoppolo, uh, which I thought was, was kind of goofy. Um, but every single thing that I've read is pointing to him being the next Tom Brady. Um, Dark horse is, MVP candidate this year. Yeah, I'm stating that now. Well, it's just crazy. 
It's just I don't I don't know how that works, but it, somehow it works. Uh, one quick question: Lifetime, about, lifetime undefeated. <laughs> true that. Um, one quick question about that: Is the Patriots Patriots success attributed to Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? If you had to pick one. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I've been thinking about that. And, th- and this is every time I talk to a Pats fan, uh, they, you know, we talk about how Aaron Rodgers is the most skilled quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, but Tom Brady might be the greatest quarterback of all time just because he's got rings. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I think Bill Belichick is a genius and I really want to see him do it with somebody else. Me too. Um, I was I, like hearing all this about uh, the, the Jimmy G drama and stuff. You know, I believe all that. I believe that he wanted to, get rid of Tom and just kind of move on uh, Al Pacino style in any given Sunday. Um, and uh, I, I, I think, I, I think he's a, he's an evil genius. And I, and I think Tom Brady is great. Uh, and uh, every year I say like, this is the year where he falls apart and every year I'm just proven so, so wrong. Um, and uh, it's, it's amazing. Like every year, it, it seems like they, they pose new challenges to him, like at receiver or just like without an offensive line or, you know, you got to throw left-handed this week or something. And it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's impressive. And he's a gamer. And, and I think that's, that's where attitude, it's, it's just both those guys want to win so badly. And yeah. uh, that's, that's Aaron Rodgers. That's what Aaron Rodgers does. And we need more of that attitude on defense. Um, and, and you just want guys like that on your team and you want to root for guys like that. And uh, you, you kind of hate them when you're playing against them. Um, I mean, Richard Sherman, another guy like that, uh, just guys who really care and really engage and uh, they just love the game. And that's, that's, I mean, that's fun to watch. My prediction is Belichick leaves the Patriots, goes to the Giants, uh, get I don't, I don't know if Eli will still be there or not, but gets rid of Eli Ooh. and wins a national or wins national championship. See college football on today. I'm all confused. Wins a Super Bowl with the Giants because I think Parcells got all of the attention when they won back in the day, and I think he wants to go back there, win it there, prove that he was more of a mastermind in that victory, along with the fact that he's the greatest coach of all time. Um, right. So that is my prediction with him. Cause I truly believe that too. I think nothing against Tom Brady. I think he's obviously the, the proof is in the pudding. Um, and I well, love the, well, the other thing. What's that? The other thing is they, they have the same home field advantage as us, but they, they, they play the, the dolphins and the bills four times a year. Yeah. So I think they're, we don't have that 72 and 10 or something like that in the last 10 years or something crazy like that. Like that is insane. I mean, you look at, we ask you how, how this NFC North would shape up because we have such competition. No one is even, no one has questioned that division in years because it's an automatic lock that the Patriots are going to skate into it. Like you said, practically by games. And so by the time the playoffs come, they're only basically on game, what, eight or nine of the season, technically. Um, as opposed to us where we're all worn out by the time the playoffs come. Um, so right. I think there's, there's just, it's the perfect storm uh, with Brady, Belichick, the division, everything going on there. Um, it's just, it's incredible. I think it's, it's hard. I don't love the Patriots. They drive me nuts. Um, I'm in that boat where I want them to lose all the time because I'm just sick of it. But I also appreciate the greatness that I've gotten to see. And I think a lot of people f- lose that 
um, quickly when they oh, yeah. choose someone to hate because, oh, the Patriots are terrible because they, they always win. Well, take a note, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Alrighty, man. It has been a pleasure. Uh, we are going to make sure and have you back on because this has been great. Uh, we appreciate it. Can we get a prediction for the game? Are you down with that? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, 27-13, Pack. All right. Ryan before said we win by a field goal. I didn't appreciate that. Ooh, wow. Wow. Oh. He, oh, I think he likes the drama, it. though. He likes the drama. Hey, man, uh, I want the Bears to be good. I like when the Bears are good, and it ends with Jay Cutler riding a bike, sadly, on the, on the sideline. Uh, but I want them to be good again, and I love the rivalry when they're good. People always ask me who I hate more in the NFC North, and it's without a doubt the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, uh, Vikings. And they go, and they go, well, why not the Bears? And I go, well, is it because they're not relevant? And I go, no, it's because I respect the Bears. Uh, right. The Bears are winners. The Bears have been winners. The tradition, I mean, you're talking about, you know, Walter Payton, who is probably one of my all-time favorite players, you know, Hallis, and the way that everything, you know, without – Hallis, we don't have Lombardi. And you look at all these different things, and, and I respect the Bears for that. So I would like to see that rivalry be renewed. Do you think that it's, it's getting there? I hope so. And uh, I think so. And I think, I think you got to see – you got it. like – I hope it doesn't turn into like a, a Browns uh, – or, or I'm sorry, a Bengals-Steelers uh, situation where it's just headhunting. But yeah. you want to see some attitude stuff. And, um, uh, I mean, I guess there's Devonte Adams last year, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but you want to see, which was, which was, which was a filthy play, uh, Absolutely. frankly, but, um, but, uh, you want to see, you want to see some, a little, you want to hit a little bit harder. You want to, you know, uh, maybe overthrow a ball or two at first. Cause you're, cause you're more nervous. You're more amped up for that game. Uh, and you want to see some guys run through walls and see some stars emerge. Uh, I mean, Devin Hester showed up against the Packers. Uh, Mike Brown back in the day against the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers uh, always shows up against the Bears. And it's just like these guys who show up uh, historically are always, you know, end up being my like, my favorite players because uh, they they just they play up in those rivalry games and they just they just want to go, man. I'm excited. You got me all excited for football. Yeah. All right, man. Real we pump, appreciate man. it. Thank you so much. Uh, stay safe in Chicago. Uh, but where you're thanks so much for having me I hope, I hope i don't get shot for doing this you won't we got your back here man <laughs> all, right. all right thanks cam all right man love the show have a good one thanks